Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC, and is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Hello and welcome everyone to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your good host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. The, the intro took entirely too long, Scott. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Try I got... not to laugh in the damn intro. <laughs> and Scott. Oh, I got a good one on him. Oh, it was man. mostly visual humor, so unless you were watching on Twitch. Podcast gold. Uh, podcast gold. <laughs> And as an extra special bonus for this episode, we have our good friend live in studio, not via Skype, Christopher Tang. America's sweetheart. The first time we've ever said live in studio, and it was true. Oh, shit. <laughs> is, well, mm, it's been oh. true before, but not live. On... But not, not live on Twitch studio. Yeah. Yeah, well, gotta, well, keep, gotta keep up with all streaming, because it's the future. Uh, yes, 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 you, you are correct on that. Well, how is everyone? Doing good, pretty good. Um... I am uh, obsessively checking the Trinity Kickstarter. Just refresh, refresh. Just refresh, refresh. Uh, the comment section has been fairly lively. They've mentioned us a few times in the comment section. Which we appreciate. Which we most certainly appreciate. Thank you, guys. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the, it's the last uh, 10 days of the Kickstarter, so they're, they're trying to get for the, the higher level stretch goals. How, how, where are they at now? Oh, Jesus. Uh, they're at like... Um, Hold up. Well, well, while Matt's pulling that up, an interesting thing to me is the number of very good Kickstarters that we've seen during this mm -hmm. month of February. Uh huh. Trinity, of course, is a really fantastic thing going on. We have the looks-to-be-history-making Kickstarter of uh, Matt Strongholds and Streaming by Matt Colville. I don't know uh, if you guys yeah, heard about gonna, it. I was going to bring that fuck? up a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually follow his channel and have for a little while, so mm -hmm. I, I can, I guess, talk about that. Uh, but there's been some other really, really cool ones right now. Third Eye Games has one going on right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a Kickstarter from some people who just came out of nowhere called the Story Brewers. They're a company in Australia making a game called Good Society, which is a Jane Austen role-playing game. Ah. And because they they originally asked for, I want to say, like $8,000, and now they're at like thirty-five, they've unlocked that they're going to make a Jane Austen LARP. As part nice. of that. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, murder mystery theater, as hard as you can do it, I guess. Uh, I mean, what's, it's what's murder mystery more like rich Jane, people and their problems. Yeah, like like that's, people, oh, man, people that's so much fun. wringing their hands about the fee tail oh, wait, and Jane, like uh, inheritance. And why did I, who did you're, I? You're thinking Agatha Christie. I thought Agatha Christie. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, and, uh, and of course, people, uh, and, of, and of course, I've got a Kickstarter myself to talk about in just a oh, few minutes. Shit. But uh, yes, let's yes. check on you let's check on the plug, Trinity. You'll be able to plug away here. But let's it. but let's talk about Trinity. How are they doing? Oh, they are above the one hundred forty one thousand Kickstarter. Which the last thing they were going to do is they're going to do Trinity Continuum Core Theme Dice. They have done a slew of extra stuff for not only like getting the first edition PDFs mm -hmm. and the PDF bundle. But everything in that Aeon expansion, like yeah. we're getting more BioVortech information, we're getting Aberrant, Aberrant Cult stuff, Yeah, we're getting a lot of stuff, and they have said multiple times, even if without the Aberrant stuff, they were going to detail a lot more information about Aberrants in the core Trinity Aeon book. Well, I mean, they're going to they're gonna talk about them as antagonists, but <coughs> right. that, but that, that expansion stuff is really going to be more of the setting information. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, it's really going well. Um, and, uh, yeah, if, if you haven't backed it, then I don't love you anymore. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad I backed it. I had to, I had to back it. I, I mean, so I, hard. Yeah. you know, I think, 
You backed it the most. I, I, I did. I did. I put a I lot of money in there. I don't usually back stuff, but you guys got me really excited about it. So. It's really good. It looks I, good. I, I, I definitely have. Uh, I have a couple ideas for campaigns uh, coming up. Um, one of them is definitely going to be a polyhedron plays one, mm-hmm. so it'll be released via this method, mm-hmm. uh, via podcast and whatnot. So we're going to, once we get all the rules out, that's when I can really start spinning up that, which we should be getting most of the rules out. We should be getting all of uh, like 95% of the content that's coming out, uh, will be out by the end of the Kickstarter and the, in the, the backer manuscripts, uh, which is just really freaking cool. Which is basically just the. The books themselves. The it's, books it's, are getting... It's the text of the books, which yep. is what you need to run the game, uh, which is really great. It, and the fact that they have so much of it re- uh, ready to go is a really great sign. Because oh, yeah, it means absolutely. the book is done and like they're going to be able to really like wrap it up and, and get us the actual book within a decent amount of time. Layout, well, depends on how much extra they put in the book because of the stretch goals, though they have a whole separate well, book no, that's for that. The, that's the thing, is they're not going to put, be putting anything else in the mm-hmm. book proper. Everything, every, All the new stuff is going to go in the Aeon expansion, right. which isn't going to come out after the book, because they mm-hmm. have to write it, they have to do mm-hmm. all that stuff, but... but that's which, fine. Which I can, actually is I can a, wait on that. Which stuff. is an exceedingly smart thing to do from just a logistical point of view because a lot of these places, a lot of these Kickstarters are like, here we got a whole bunch of money, we're going to add all this extra content. The problem is that changes your layout, your spacing, and the time necessary to write that kind of right. stuff and put mm-hmm. it in there. So that changes your timetable yeah. quite a bit. And if they got that much of the book done now. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to add anything more. That means it can go right to layout. It can get all the graphic artists can start working on it. It means we'll get it much quicker than another type well, of. Well, they Kickstarter. already have a bunch of art for it mm-hmm. already. I mean, like they were they've, they've been releasing sample art all the time. And just I'm really excited because tomorrow, as of as of the recording of this podcast, uh, Tuesday, they're going to be releasing the chapters with the Psy orders and the other organizations um, and some of the new rules. Uh, if not. They might be releasing, I know they're releasing one small rules chapter mm-hmm. tomorrow, uh, but they might be releasing the Psy Powers That's chapter gonna be as well. The big thing. If they don't release it that tomorrow, they're going to release it by Friday, and oh, damn, I can't wait. Cool powers. Yeah. Yep. Well, this is a, a really interesting trend of what's going on in the role-playing industry uh, as a whole right now is, you know, when you do your Kickstarter, you find your most passionate fans, mm-hmm. especially for an established property like Trinity. But this is also true for other established properties. Uh, Torg did it this mm-hmm. way. Uh in fact, when you got your book in Torg, it was already laid out, even though it was technically in playtest right. version. Torg did it, uh, and uh, I, I want to say another game uh, did it uh, recently. What am I thinking of? Uh, I know they're doing it with Scion, mm-hmm. but uh, the point is that like what a lot of people are doing is they're releasing the game to the Kickstarter backers. These are your mm-hmm. most passionate fans who are going to go through this text-only document. And that's when the feedback and the playtesting can happen. And all of a sudden you have a couple thousand really passionate people who are going through, in some cases, running mm-hmm. a game. And, you know, you get this feedback in a way that you can't if you're just sitting in isolation making a game and then eventually spitting it out. You'll still may be able to make a good game, but with the feedback of a mm-hmm. of, of several passionate fans, you're going to make a better game. Yeah. Um, also, jumping over, I know we're talking about, we're kind of getting into the subject matter because this episode is going to be a little bit more casual mm-hmm. than the last. We've had a lot of really intense, very informative uh, episodes previously over the last month or so. And so I want this to, this to be much more low-key. And that's why we also brought Tang here because he's got something he's going he's gonna to pitch to us here in just a minute. Mm-hmm. But also, like, just have a discussion. Talk cool. about the, right. the stuff that's going on right now. I have some related topics I think we can segue into mm-hmm. uh, nicely that... Uh, Sounds good. Ryan, I'm going to stare at you. Do you have anything to contribute? 
<laughs> no, <laughs> of course not. I, I've what? been real. I've been really sick. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, okay, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. I'm not gonna pick. Send up. your thoughts and prayers to Ryan. Oh man, I hope I, I hope I come home laden with your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> a little bag of thoughts and prayers. Oh man, bag. then I'd have a bag. Yeah, <laughs> at least I'd have a bag. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, um, in the news, since we've already sort of touched on it, let me go dive right in. As you said, Matt uh, Coville. I believe. Am I saying that name right? Matt Matt Coville. Yes. Yeah. Matt Colville, um, this is something that John Wick linked on his page that got me interested because I had seen this guy do some movie stuff and like Star Wars stuff, uh, discussions, and I watched the whole thing. And I thought it was pretty cool. But what John posted was his reaction video to earning over a million dollars on his Kickstarter in less than six days. He straight up over a million dollars for an RPG book. This isn't even a main book. It is called Strongholds. And followers. And streaming. Is, what? Oh, well, I guess Strongholds and Followers is the name of the book, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what, what's the, what's what the, is what it? game? Yeah. Uh, for 5e. It's oh, a supplement oh, to 5e. Uh, okay, so I, I've been a fan of Matt Colville for a little while. <laughs> yeah, um, lay, lay it on us. So, so there's a couple things too important to understand about Matt Colville. First of all, he used to be in the role-playing industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. in the early 90s, Matt Colville... Worked at role-playing game companies, had role-playing games published, uh, had was a writer credit on several things, and for the past several years has been the lead writer at a video game company. Hmm. Which company is he at? Uh, something Turtle. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, he's been working. He's the. He's. Uh, I don't have anything what he's done with his video games lately, but I have some of his. Right. Well, um, the, the the point is, this is not a guy who came out of nowhere. Right. Right. So a few years ago. He decided to just start a ch- YouTube channel without any sort of sponsorship, whatever, mm-hmm. no Patreon, no nothing, because he felt, even though he loves a lot of games, he's like, I want people to know more about how to get started as a DM. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so he started sort of talking into the camera of like, here's some Dungeon Master advice. Here's how you get started. Here's, you know, and it wasn't even rules advice. It was like, what if you want to introduce a new character? It was things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, a lot of the similar topics that you right. cover on this podcast. Um, so... Uh, he would do that. He would periodically... Now, the way he would ask for people to support him is he had written a couple sort of self-published fantasy novels. Mm-hmm. I've actually read one of them. It was pretty good. Um, and it's very explicitly taking place in his D&D setting. Right. Now, another thing he would mention over the years is the fact that uh, he had his sort of house rules for strongholds. Now, I know you're not the biggest D&D fans in this room. Well, uh, not all of us. Not, the, not him. Not, not him. him. <laughs> I, right. So I loves it. Ever since the early editions... When you hit, at least in the older editions, up until third edition, so OD&D first, AD&D second, when you hit between six and eighth level, depending on what class you were, you could build a stronghold and attract followers. It was just automatically, congratulations, you're a six-level fighter. One of the last 3.5 supplements ever done was the Strongholds book. Right. And, uh, you know, there there were even, you know, things about that in the very first uh, 3.0 book. In In the base player's handbook, there was the leadership feat. You know, that's kind right. of where that went. There, um, there was a lot of stuff in old D&D that was a lot of, like, a lot of weird passive things started happening. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. because of, like, a reputation. Right. Almost. But you had to, like, build a wizard's tower or something for it. Anyway, so he has always had these, this sort of, like, personal packet of fleshed out rules that he's updated with each edition that came out. Hmm. Um, now, the, his Kickstarter is called Strongholds and Streaming. And the whole, like, raison d'etre of it was not to make this book. The book was sort of a bonus. The idea was for him to get enough money to do streaming full time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Ah, and gotcha. 
he was like, I want to start a studio. So I guess you, but if you want like a thing, like a physical thing or a download, mm-hmm. I can give you, I've got this book, uh, that I've been talking about doing forever on my channel. Right. And, uh, he has a lot of fans. So you have to bear in mind, he's built enough following as this YouTube. He's been featured on geek and sundry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote the first six issues of the critical role comic book. Yes. Yet. So it's, he's been building a fan base for a long time, mm-hmm. although even he is shocked at how well he's doing. Well, I mean, that's that's shocking. Uh, he, he specifically, and this is what the video that John posted, which was amazing, it's his completely shocked, like, exacerbated face of realizing he made over a million dollars in under six days, and what that means. They're going to do stretch goals, they're going to do stuff, but, he's, but he pretty much stated, it's like, we're not going to add that much more than what we planned mm-hmm. we originally were going to do we're not going to try to keep chasing the dragon as it were mm-hmm. of kickstarter we're just going to make the best product that we can so we can move forward and he mm-hmm. definitely has the following to do it now well i mean if his, if his plan was to build capital for for streaming he's got it ah, there you go especially yeah. if it's just like a one-man band t- sort of situation. Well, well well part of the plan is he's going to do a lot more of that but also that he's going to ha- set up a video studio for live play of D and D. Oh that's, yeah, I mean yeah. that's cool. I mean we've, we've we would know nothing. About we would know those. nothing about. We, we, we have never had a discussion that. about <laughs> yeah. setting up a space for. We've never talked yeah, about that. Yeah, it's, not even it's once. just really cool. Don't worry, I'll have links in the show notes mm-hmm. for all of Matt's stuff, so you guys can go follow back it if you want. Sort of get into his content because I know I'm going to start subscribing because I didn't know he was did that much gaming related stuff. Mostly gaming related. Yeah, stuff. I'm then I'm going to dive right in and start absorbing it so that I can learn from somebody who's been around longer than I have and who's definitely been in YouTube longer than I have because that kind of stuff is something I need to start branching into. Uh, we need to start branching into. We're not even on YouTube right now. Yeah, no. Oh, God. No. Uh, I've been debating about that, but we'll eventually get there. Um, it's just that's more more work, as it were. Well, I mean, you know these things get archived, right? Yeah, it, it's annoying. Uh, I'll talk to you later about it. I was There's trying some technical issues. So as, as a, well, while we were having that general discussion, I was trying to contribute because I ha- I did see a Kickstarter that made my just made me like cock my head back a little bit that was coming out because it was an IP that I just didn't expect to have. Well, because you know, literally every IP now, like any TV mm-hmm. show, any movie, anything, anything, anything you can think of is going to get an RPG Kickstarter. And I saw one that just like took me aback to the point, or just confused me. No, The Expanse was one of them, but I was uh, oh god. Well, Damn it! I was was, not... was it the recently launched Kickstarter for the Princess Bride? That was it. Oh wow! I <laughs> yeah. need to back that. I, I looked amazing. at it. I'm just like, how you're not? How are you gonna? There be... is a free preview product on our drive through RPG that you can go and download now to see what it looks. Chris, like. Chris, I knew if I fumbled long enough with it, you would just answer <laughs> it. Thank you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you, fam. How do you make yourself an important character in that world? Because there are only like six. Well, I guess it's, well, I don't know. I that's an interesting it. question, right? How in a okay, okay, let's 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 point at it. If you're in an intellectual property RPG, how are you important? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, as someone who's played a lot of Star Wars RPG, Ryan, how would you answer that question? <sighs> because it's a really big universe, and it's not all about the the Skywalkers, and. Sometimes, you know, it's cool just to be a different dude doing some different stuff. Sometimes you got to rob a casino or something. You have asked the wise RPG DM on the mountain, and he has delivered your answer. No. <laughs> he Socratic, he Socratic methoded me. No. Uh, 
Why do you think it's important? Like, I guess I know my own answer. I'll do some digging for the Princess Bride I, RPG Kickstarter. I, Make sure to put a link in there because I know I want to look at that and probably back it as well because that sounds rad. I, I think my question more landed on like, okay, for the Star Wars universe, Star Wars universe is, is a universe and it's like, it's massive. It's just crazy, massive, massive, massive. There's years of stuff on it. The Princess Bride is like very, is very microcosmic and like. Well, it's a I, book. Vaguely. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. a book, it's a book first, then a movie. But even even that, the movie will vaguely European. Well, mm-hmm. also, but it also gives you the idea of they hint at some stuff they never really touch on in the book and yeah. the movie. Right. Well, another thing in the book, the as the movie is a parody of swashbuckling romance movies. Right. right. The book is also a parody of swashbuckling mm-hmm. and claims to be a translation of an older work with all these footnotes of the things that he left out or chose which are basically jokes about how that genre goes so if you just compile those footnotes you have this amazingly huge world so so you can do a really fourth wall breaking 7c game yes yeah i think that's what they'll probably go for i mean did john wick like hard patent that's the new 7c system because (laughs) uh the uh the Princess Bride role-playing game has one of the original developers of the fudge system on oh, it, wow. so it's oh. using the fudge system. So that's what he's up to right now. Oh, so speaking of 7C, something I, I, I thought of you, Ryan, uh, there's going to be a, uh, a supplement uh, coming out that specifically talks about, like, how do you estimate raises? How, like, how, like, how oh do you... Oh my god, like, thank it, you. It basically deals with kind of some of the issues that you had We We really, like, that was really my main issue with it. Like, we tried, we did a couple of sessions, and, like, I just, like... And, you know, this is, you know, Dylan running it and me at the table, a bunch of crunch munchers at the table. And it's just like, okay, man, what can I do with this raise? What can I do There's with no it? list of things there, in front well, of there, you. And I'm sure there is a mild suggestion here and there, but it's just like, it, it was very difficult for me to like, in my, you know, crunch a, crunchy brain, mm-hmm. like, right. estimate the value of a raise. Well, I they're very know. narrative. So, but there's right. like, there's a supplement that's going to... And I'm gonna... great at narrative storytelling games. I just needed a little bit more meat uh, to go more on. Boundaries. Uh, just right. some yeah. boundaries. Well, speaking of Kickstarter... <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's... I was wondering when you were going to get that. <laughs> Cthulhu has something to say. Yes. So, uh, part of why I'm here is to talk about a project because previously, when I was here, mm-hmm. I was wearing my drive through RPG hat. Mm. But I wear a different hat this time. Oh my! And that is a is a Cthulhu squid, but more accurately, the king in yellow. Oh my Ooh, god! Yeah. That that Kickstarter looks so cool. Thank you, thank you. So it's really being run. I'm I'm a collaborator, right? But it's really being run by a good friend of mine, uh, two good friends, Jonathan Chaffin and Allison Chaffin, and mm-hmm. collectively the two of them are a company called Horror in Clay, and their first landmark product. Uh, Twitch streamers can see, but those of you who are listening to this as a podcast can go to horrorandclay.com and check it out. You'll have is a link this in the show notes. The original, the first Cthulhu tiki mug. Mm-hmm. So this is a uh, food safe, dishwasher safe tiki mug. Is that a backer thing? Can a backer get that? You can buy this off of their store now. Okay. Yep. Uh, they have several other mugs, including if you have some Atlanta Pride. Uh, I don't think they have any more, but they made a mug with Netherworld. At oh, one shit. point, neat. Uh, but they have done a lot of horror, other horror mugs like the Cask of Amontillado. Hmm. Uh, they, oh, the love of God. The, uh, there's an Innsmouth mug. Uh, there's there's a good handful more, but this one is they're finally getting around to the King in Yellow. Yay! And the name of the of the uh, Kickstarter is Shores of Carcosa: The Pallid Mask. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There is going to be a. Uh, 
the, for the Kickstarter, there's going to be a special mug like this that has like the king in yellow fully robed on one side, and on the other side has the mask mm-hmm. with the yellow sign on it's it. It's pretty wicked looking. I've already seen it. Yeah. Now, in addition to this, uh, most people don't realize this, but every mug that he's put at has secret symbols embedded in every mug, and there's been a narrative he's been building without telling anyone. <laughs> I love it. He has all these notes about the world he's been building, and he and I have been talking about this for a little while, and for the first time ever, Horror and Clay is going to release an RPG module where you can actually explore the world that's been being built by these physical objects along the way. And most of the physical objects that are part of the Kickstarter right now are being incorporated into the module. So if you back it and you get the kit, you have actual props of when you go to this place and the GM says you see this, bam, right there on the table. Mm-hmm. We're also there we're also going to be engaging all the senses. Uh, there is a point in the module where uh, a certain smell and a taste hits you. And in the RPG module, there's going to be recipes for a cocktail or a mocktail version if you want to go... Mm-hmm non-alcoholic right and you can just say this is the taste that enters your mouth drink it it's going to be a a fully immersive rpg experience where you have the mug Mm. and you have these props uh to give you one taste of things for instance uh one of the things that's in tiki culture is this concept of orientalia if you go to the mid-century historic trader vicks kind of like uh, Mm. uh there was a lot of a weird pairing of these Caribbean cocktails, but with Chinese food. Hmm. And yeah, that's just part of Did tea. Did you know that? Yeah. Um, and there was this, this sense of exoticism. You have to bear in mind, this is 1950s, this is the post-war period. A lot of people didn't have the money for international travel. The best they could do was to go to a restaurant and try to experience another country that way. And, you know, most people didn't know. This is 1950s America. Um, they didn't know that in in China, they're not drinking these cocktails. Um, but there's a lot of orientalia, a lot of this sort of like Chinese food. Uh, you know, for instance, does anybody at this table like crab rangoon? Yeah. Invented yeah. invented at a tiki restaurant. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> that, I suspect it as much, yeah. I yeah, mean, I suspect most of the like fried doughy things, are, that's an pretty, American pretty concoction much. of some sort. So, so the initial hook in this module, the initial thing you come into in the story is you're part of this detective agency. And on the outside, the purpose of your detective agency is to debunk the supernaturals. It's sort of the mythbusters uh, of detective mm-hmm. agencies. But because you're called in on those things, mm-hmm. the detective agency knows that the supernatural is real, just not most of the time that people report it. Right. So you're being sent in. And you're, so maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. Maybe this is one of those hoaxes. Mm-hmm. But you show up because this guy bought a property. And overnight, the day after, after uh, she bought it, this fully stocked Chinese restaurant appears. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, who who among us hasn't had that? that, that so it's really I weird. that to happen? It's really weird. It Happy makes all these happen. headlines, and it's bad for business because there's all these weird rumors and headlines and whatnot. So she hires our characters to figure out who did this prank, where did this come from, what's going on here. You know, is somebody using me and my property mm-hmm. for their own headlines or some reality show or something? And you go in and you start investigating. I'm not going to spoil too much more than that, but there's a lot of things. So, for instance, uh, I don't know if we're there at the funding, but one of the goals we would like to hit, uh, one of the goals we have hit as a stretch goal is 
uh, every mug is now going to come with a custom six-sided die where the one is the yellow sign. Cool. Uh, and which actually plays into the mechanics of how we're doing it. So it's a cu- is it a custom system? or? What? So I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Do you remember the old Star Wars D6 system? Yes, mm-hmm. the, one, of the pips, one of the many PIP systems. One of the many PIP systems, the old school PIP system. Before they... Uh, before West End sold off their assets, they put the D6 system into the open gaming license. Huh. So that means that you could go out and do your own version of the D6 system or variants and whatnot. Now, one of our goals with this, of course, you know, Cthulhu doesn't work great, in my opinion, in uh, a D20. Some people like it. Some people like a D20. Nothing against those people. It's just not my personal taste. Uh, no, but he we- personally despises all of you. I love all. <laughs> I love everyone, and I want everybody to have fun. Whatever floats your boat. It's not like I'm at your table. If you're having fun, keep doing it. Um, I know personally I will buy Cthulhu modules and run them in other systems Mm -hmm. of what I like. So, you know, you can also do that with this. Uh, But there are certain custom rules that we're including in this. So, for instance, one of the things that I never really liked about the original D6 system uh, when you when you play in D6, you have one die that needs to be different from all the other dice in your dice pool. It's called the wild die. And in some versions, like the default version, when I was playing D6 Star Wars, if that rolled a one, well, if it rolled a six, it exploded, which was fun. Yep. But if it rolled a one, you failed. That means you are failing one in six times. 18% that's, that's of the time good. you fail. It's not fun. Um, and, and it wasn't one of those things where you're like, oh, you failed, but like here's a resource or a chip or whatever. No, this um, is the old way. Straight up <laughs> fail. These were the old ways. So what we are doing is we're doing, for one thing, a variant, which is, okay, it rolled a one, total the numbers normally, did you succeed? Mm-hmm. In which case, it's just like, oh, well, it's just a one, but on a six, it explodes, which is cool. Uh, but what we're saying is the nature of the pallid mask has infected this place. And if you roll a one, whether or not you succeed, you receive some sort of minor vision mm. from the yellow sign. So... Part of why I did this from a game design point of view is with that wild die, if it explodes on a six and you get a vision on a one, that means one third of the time that you're making a roll, something interesting happens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and something a little bit unpredictable, which to me, I love. I love when games go a little bit off the rails and things happen that you didn't expect. That, that actually would be a very interesting longer term concept conversation to actually have is the idea of having a game that sort of goes intentionally goes off the rails as you put it intentionally says we're instead of just telling you one linear story we're gonna let this be very organic and let randomness dictate where this story mm-hmm. sort of zigs and zags and or adding new weirder and very improvisational elements into the table into the story uh well one of the things that for me as a game designer is one of the most influential moments of my life and uh i wish i could recall his name i feel like a jerk citing him um, but is a guy who was a comic book writer, uh, but who's also written video games. Like he wrote the Punisher video game mm. and he wrote a lot of the Marvel max, like the adult series stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went to a panel that he and some other video game writers were on for, uh, at dragon con. Mm. And inevitably one of the questions asked was what's the difference between writing a comic book and writing a video game? And his response was, when you're writing a comic book, you're writing a narrative. You know what happens at each step of the way, and how the characters respond, and how that response then leads to the next action. When you're writing a video game, you're writing an experience. 
the players are going to choose the beats of what happens first, second, last. You might gently guide them towards a conclusion, but ultimately you you need to convey a feeling of experience, the experience of being the Punisher. Or, in other video games, the experience of being a pirate, the experience of being a space marine, the experience of being a vampire. And I feel that that, for me, when I approach game writing, you know, in the many games that I run, which uh, viewer, uh, listeners who, who have heard the last episode I was on know are a lot, <laughs> um, uh, when I sit down with people at a table or when I'm writing something like this where I'm going to be handing it to other people, I'm trying to convey an experience. In this case... It's the experience of being these detectives looking into the supernatural who have run across something weird and are trying to figure out what's going on. And that's the experience I'm trying to convey. What order did things happen in is slightly less important than giving the GM all the tools to help create that experience. Hmm. No, I totally get that because... When you're reading a comic book, you're looking into mm-hmm. the world right. from or, an outsider's perspective. Or any standard narrative. Right. Any, and, you know, a comic book, a novel, a movie, you're following a particular pattern. Right. Uh, there's actually, I can't remember the name of it, but there was an immersive nonlinear experience uh, that happened in New York several years ago where a theater company rented out a whole building. And in that building, they did Macbeth. Hmm. Hmm. But Macbeth was happening in all these different rooms. One, It was one of the things where they updated the costumes to be like 1940s or something right. like that. But you would enter this hotel in, into this elevator and the, the doors would open and you'd see like a scene going on. Mm-hmm. And then like you'd see another like then the doors would open and you'd see another scene. And like somewhere else, theoretically, some of the scenes are happening. But at one point, like people would grab actors would grab people off the elevator and pull them aside for their soliloquy. Let only you got to hear. And then they wouldn't put you back on the elevator. You had to wander the building now. Like, huh. here you are, someone no one is acknowledging, wandering through Macbeth. That's cool as shit. It, 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 I, would, I, would, I would do that. Like, that sounds like just a super, like... Right, so, so that is a way of taking a more linear piece of art and turning it into mm-hmm. an immersive experience. But I think, you know, one of the, the beauties and the joys of gaming of all kinds is... The idea of an experience, you mentioned 7C, the experience of being a pirate. Trinity, the experience of being a scion in the space future. Uh, The experience of being an investigator looking into the supernatural. Uh, That's why there are certain things like, for instance, one thing uh, that we're putting in the module is uh, it's not part of the Kickstarter, but there's a cutout of the yellow mat, of the pallid mask. Mm -hmm. So that when you have the pallid mask and you want to look into it, you've got to actually put it on your face. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can get behind that. Little stuff like that really does yeah. add something to it. This is very related to what we're talking about, but didn't we see there was some sort of weird, fully immersive cyberpunk thing going on oh, in New yeah, York? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a, a LARP, uh, yeah. Project Ascension, I think it's called? Yeah, we're... Uh, yeah, there, it's it's a cyberpunk LARP, uh, Nordic-style LARP that's going on in New York. Uh, uh, our friend uh, Joey's going to be going up there. Oh, wow, she's actually going to do that? Oh, she's okay, actually good, doing it, yeah. good, good. Uh, she's like she's she decided to do that instead of doing another Magiscola. Okay, uh, it just it sounds really it, freaking awesome. It's basically awesome. they they rent out a whole bunch of space in this like one block area, um, where there's designated areas. You have your character, you pay for two days plus lodgings, and welcome. You're now a part of uh, Cyberpunk Underground, mm-hmm. and that's what you're going to be doing for those two days. I want to do that. Yeah, sounds really badass. Really cool. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised it doesn't. 
Oh, go to New York. Well, well, yeah, I know, but you know, money. I'm not going either, so you know. So this kind well, of that that being said, as long as we're talking about one shot LARPs that we're going to, I am making plans. Uh, so uh, because I like too many games, one of the games that I'm in a Facebook group for is the Unknown Armies fan club. I like mm. it. I love so it. Good. Yeah, with all the weird links, they're organizing a one shot Unknown Armies LARP that's going to be like basically a get together. For all the people in the club. Cool. Oh, that'd be and great. And if it turns out well enough attended, it's going to be some sort of an on annual pseudocon mm-hmm. where you just get together for this like six hour unknown armies LARP and then probably drink in the hotel bar. Where, where's it at? Uh, it's in a small town in Virginia. Wow. Okay. It's not too bad if you it's, really wanted to get It's like two, it's two hours from DC, which I know because my dad lives in that area. So we're probably going to fly up the day before and hang out with my dad. Cool. Um, but. Uh, that being said, uh, I'll send you I'll send you the links and whatnot yeah. so you can my, get yeah. into it. But my yeah. experience with Unknown Armies was only like I only did a little bit of the uh, salon of it like for a couple of sessions, but it was just so I just enjoyed it so much. It's it a was, fantastic world. I highly recommend it. The new edition is amazing. It, it's a weird setting. I I haven't played it. I've only looked at the rules and stuff and tried to tried to digest it. But I'm like. Holy God! This is almost what Mage wanted to really kind of hit. I hope you the like rituals. Mage really wanted to hit on. I hope you like well, rituals and charges, bro. Yeah, I know. I I like the original Mage. I find it different, but I can see you. There's definitely parallels. Yes. It's that it's that gritty urban fantasy well, that's there involving, but this is and the idea of like paradigm, your personal perspective. Oh yeah, you're shaping what you can and cannot do. You're so crazy yes. that it shapes. It, it lets you break reality based on your perspective. What were the, uh, what were the crazy mages called in Ascension? Uh, Marauders. Marauders. All, almost pseudo-Marauder, like mm-hmm. Marauder the LARP, or Marauder the game. Mm-hmm. Not You're not that bad, but you can be that bad, or can get there. So, it's just... Yeah, so to me, an important difference between Unknown Armies, and I would actually say Unknown Armies is not mage done the way mage envisioned it. Yeah. I would actually describe Unknown Armies as a cross- between Mage and Cthulhu. Mm. Because Unknown Armies has very well-developed madness mechanics, and the idea that the more you do this messed-up magical stuff, the more you dissociate from other human beings, and the more you become jaded to levels of violence, levels of weirdness. Hardening is part of it. Like, how crazy you are and how broken you are as a person is just mechanized. Right, and that sort of sanity mechanic is much more of the sort of Cthulhu world. Uh, so I would call it the the beautiful broken love child of Cthulhu and Mage, which I love both of those games. Which is so why here I, we... like I was just like I played it one. I was an infomancer. It was the best. Um, yeah, I really the wanted. To, if I ever got it to was. play, I wanted it to was. play one of the one of the uh, the avatars, one of the guys who's trying to basically slowly work their way to godhood because they have. But they, what it was interesting about that one was it's oh. I can put on this mask essentially yeah. uh, and be this person and get this power, but I'm not actually like this well, entity. Inside baseball, it, just quick thing, yeah, because for avatarism, you don't have to believe your own bullshit. For the other ones, you are your own bullshit. <laughs> My personal favorite has always been Max Attack. I really love the idea of people putting magic into cheeseburgers, thinking they're going to save the world that way. <laughs> God damn it! That game is so weird. So, so speaking of uh, immersive gaming, it just it reminded me of a story that I heard one time, the John Wick story. Uh, John Wick, he released a game called 30, uh, which is basically Knights Templar. Uh, it's kind of a one-shot 
um, sort of immersive experiential tabletop game. Uh, and he was telling he he related something when he when he sort of ran his big game of it, um, sort of the the set piece game of it. Um, there's apparent like it, it's all about like like mysticism and going into the w- weird narrative space and and all this stuff. And and there's a point in the game, at least in the version of it that he ran, where you know you had these these characters who had gone through this grand mystic quest, and you know then he, they they wind up in in a in a unfamiliar world that that when it's described sounds very familiar to us modern day players mm. uh but he's, he's describing it and he's describing you know okay well you 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 find this place you feel called to this specific specific building and you you go up to the door and you you knock on the door and when he did that he he pressed a button on his cell phone that was going to his, his friends who was in full like crusader army yeah, uh, oh, uh, no. crusader uh yeah uh, i remember uh, that story story and when they opened the door it was a knight templar <laughs> walking in and like stanley himself was there no, yeah. it, was, it was like like that that story reminded me of like god Damn, I want to do shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Why we LARP, theatricality, man. right? It's mm-hmm. the theater of it that you're trying to evoke. You're trying to uh, that, do something very unexpected. Well, it's, it's that moment. You want to hit that moment of we all know this is a fantasy. We all know this is a game. But if you can find, if you can just for just a moment breach the the, the suspension of disbelief, right? And 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 make make magic in the world real in a world where magic isn't real well right. it's it's like being like five-year-old and going to disney world for the first time i mean but, we've all know, had you're, you're going you're wide-eyed and you're going this just for a moment when they see mickey mouse mickey mouse is real to them it, it exists in all what it's supposed to i would say probably larping more than anything yep where all of your rational mind shut the fuck up for a second and you were just in it as hard as you could be. You mentioned Mickey Mouse, Matthew, and all I could think of was the the last game of Year Zero of uh, oh. ATE. Oh, we have to be crucified for our sins. Oh. Oh I, 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 I helped. With I, we did not on, infringe on any copyrights. No, nope. no, we didn't at all. We did not. But I may have been wearing something that resembled mouse ears and being crucified. And then when they saved me, tried to kill people with a very large sword that looked like a key. I was struck with that very sword this weekend. Um, So, but yeah, I I think LARPing is an excellent thing Mm -hmm. to bring up because I think as, you know, everyone here in this room is, including the three people you can't see, uh, are are really huge LARPers. What do you guys have to say? LARPing sort of requires uh, that sense of immersiveness. Uh, One of the projects that sits way on the back of my computer was this idea I had of like I called it I think I called it Paper World. It was uh, it was back when I was doing a lot of vampire larping, and back then, you know, of course we you know we all deal with the whole paper item tags. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this idea of like, well, what if the the paper item tag actually looked kind of like the thing, like but was still made of paper, mm-hmm. like the sword. And it's a cut out of a sword. It's cut out it's of a paper. sword, but it's made of paper, or it's a a computer but it's made of paper and then i started playing around with the idea of like well what if you're in this sort of weird world where things are made of paper or the magic is made of paper like the sort of origami magic kind of thing i never really fully fleshed it kind out like but paper like mario the video game paper mario a little bit yeah. but like no i can see that that's got legs no, yeah I, it's I, gotcha. I never i never really finished it um but it's one of those things that i, I knocked around things, 
not just purely paper, but like also cardboard from right. the rigid structure. Right. But just a general idea of well, having. Well, right. Then you just get but cardboard But that's one of the things we hope to do. I don't know if it's actually baked into the current system or if we're setting up as a stretch goal later. Um, but if we can achieve this, one of the things we're going to do is uh, have fortune cookies. Hmm. And in the game, if you open one of the fortunes, that applies to you. Oh no! That's tasty. I like everything. I like See, everything I'm hearing. That that's neat. No, you need to do that. You need to make your own. Well, that's it. that's the goal. That's yeah. the goal. I don't know if we hit enough funding to do that. Um, I mean, for custom fortune so cookies, can't be. Even bad. though we're fully funded to make mugs, go out and pledge to the Kickstarter so we can make fortune cookies. Yeah, <laughs> custom gamer fortune cookies. Man, that okay. Now that makes me want to do that in another game. Just like the idea of okay, you, there's a pile in front of the PCs. Mm-hmm. It's like. All right, you can pull from the pile, guys. Whatever happens out of that pile happens, so you can make take that risk if you want. If, There's some really good stuff in there. Some really bad stuff. If well, nothing that, else, you get a cookie. But you, you that's your consolation. Yep. You get a cookie. You do well, get a cookie. Your deck, your, your deck of many things in us at that point, <laughs> which. It, but it, but it's inherently better because you get a cookie. You do get a cookie. You do get a cookie. I lost fifty thousand experience. Right. But at least I, I got, got this cookie. cookie. Right. So, <laughs> so I so I mentioned you know of course we've got the mug. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is going to have clues to what's going on in the game right. for how to solve it in the mug. We've got a custom D6, which actually factors into our rules. We're going to have enamel pins. We're going to have uh, a printouts that are part of the module mm-hmm. for sort of print and play type handouts. Cool. Like uh, you find this note or something. Yeah, or like, like, hey, you're on your mission. Here's a printout of the dossier of the city of the supernatural things we know about Portland. So text props yeah. and stuff. Right, text props, nice. uh, chopsticks, mm-hmm. fortune cookies, uh, and of course, things. Other, uh, I mentioned the cocktail and mocktail mm-hmm. recipes. Yep. So uh, there's also going to be, uh, I believe, a, a poster print, uh, like a wall hanging on... Oh my god! On silk, okay. on like a silk, a silk screen type. You cool. Just, you just told me about like mocktails, and that suddenly made me think of like obviously a restaurant and all that. Suddenly, I want to make this into a LARP where the entire restaurant is is in on the in on the situation, and so that everyone can wear body cameras like GoPros yeah. on them. Everyone's mic'd up, so that when everyone's walking around and it's all being recorded, so that over the course of several hours, they could run through this entire scenario of just like basically being in this weird weird chinese restaurant the to be perfectly honest we we contemplated not exactly that but like having a night where we transformed a restaurant into that mm-hmm. restaurant yeah but to be perfectly we started doing the numbers oh, and that'd be, that'd be nasty it's yeah especially because like in the context of the restaurant all the mugs are these yellow king mugs yeah. and all the chopsticks are these special chopsticks and you can get those props as part of the kickstarter uh but you had to bring but, them. BYOM. But, but we'd have to have like a thousand of them like <laughs> just for a restaurant or something. And, and it was just. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work out. Yeah. It you're not work like out. million dollar Kickstarter good. I mean, you're not. You don't get that million dollars. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not going to commit to it because it's not my Kickstarter. But I will say if this Kickstarter hits a million dollars, we'll probably do something fun and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's what you do when you have a million dollars. Yes, you got that million dollar Kickstarter money. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're uh, we are we are. That being said, we are funded. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we funded in eighteen hours. Oh yeah. Awesome. So wow. Yeah. Uh, it would be great to hit like because I'll tell you right now we haven't announced other Kickstarter stretch goals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But if we can get a little bit more money, there will be other stretch goals related to the RPG. 
Cool. No, uh, excellent. And if you if you subscribe now, by the end of this week, we're going to have the first part of the module, the character creation and the custom rules available to backers. That's cool as all get out. Excellent. Have you to check hear, that out. How many more? Of you, you hear it first. Can you get on polyhedron, guys? I don't know how many more we got. We, well, there are many first. There are always the next first. And we will always keep chasing them. Uh, Gotta like, chase that dragon. Like that dragon. Just like that dragon. <laughs> Come on, chase me. Well, anyways, what else do you guys want to talk about? What's interesting? Thank you very much, uh, Chris, for sharing that with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Uh, I got some notes. Anyone else got some interesting notes? Uh, I have a list of products that have come out that you guys haven't mentioned that no, have come out no. since the last time. I knew, I knew the professor was coming to teach the class. There's just I a few just... different things that have come out that you guys <laughs> haven't mentioned that I think are cool. Well, we've been busy, Chris. I know. I know you had some excellent episodes about some games the, <laughs> in the Aeon universe, which I love, and I backed oh, that so Kickstarter, good. and I'm yeah. very excited to. And that hasn't led up to a lot of yeah. time for further news. No, it hasn't. What I'm, what I'm um, saying, Chris, is uh, my dog ate my homework. That's yes. all I'm saying. Uh, so on, uh, you know, I mentioned Cthulhu a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on Drive Through RPG, we have a new program called the Miskatonic Repository. For those of you in, new, who know DM's Guild, ah. it's that, but for Call of Cthulhu, that because cool. there's the original Cthulhu mythos is written by Lovecraft, mm-hmm. and in this case, right yeah. now, I'm playing with the Robert Chambers Yellow King mm-hmm. uh, mythos, but I'm <laughs> leaning really into like what was in the book, and also some stuff uh, that I cannot mentioned just yet but is in the mug that is definitely part of the horror and clay universe yeah gotcha. uh that is not part of the, the call of cthulhu chaosium universe but in the miskatonic repository you can play in their version right of the call of cthulhu universe uh, on that note there's also another one i think you I'm, I'm looking i'm looking at it right now uh, yeah it is the yellow king okay kickstarter uh it's a role-playing game that has a lot of like uh, that was like, kickstarted last year. That's a really, really interesting game. Yeah, it looks super neat. Like, I'm, but th- that's a different thing. I know, I know that is. But it's an, like for anyone who wants to like, if there's just not enough Lovecraftian RPGs if out you there, want some right? Serious King and Yellow. So, type so, stuff. so in 2017, Robin Laws with Pelgrane. Uh, uh, the last time I was here, I mentioned the Gumshoe system. Right. And Gumshoe has Trail of Cthulhu, which is the detective. All the mechanics are oriented at clues. Uh, they did a successful Kickstarter for a King and Yellow oriented role playing right. game. So that's the Kickstarter you were just and looking I, at. And I was looking at it, and what really caught my eye was just like the there's a lot again, like you guys are doing like a very very heavy on presentation and like what you get out of it because it's like these very nice looking books that you put in a set and have right you yeah know, it's very it's going to be looking. a four book set. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um. What I was thinking of actually was not that was another. Similar to the DMs Guild and what you're talking about, the Miskatonic uh, Repo- repository. repository is uh, Canis Minor from Pugmire, Pugmire yeah. which yeah. is basically their version of all of that for Pugmire, so that you can start creating custom material and modules and stuff for Pugmire if you want to put it up there for release, similar to the Storyteller's Vault for Vampire. Yeah, for so Vamp- it looks like everyone's That's... kind of taking that kind of lead up what? so that what? there's a direct controllable portal for fan content so everyone can communicate with everyone else it about took, their content. It only took 30 years, but I think everyone somehow realized simultaneously that fan-made content is good and should be accessible and possibly a little moderated. That's like... Right. Well, that's, these, you know, that's it. You know? Well, these programs are being sponsored and administrated by DriveThruRPG. Mm-hmm. And our, our first program on this was DM Scaled. Now, one of the biggest things that ever changed the role-playing industry, whether you think it was a good thing or a bad thing, 
It definitely completely changed the face of the role-playing industry, and that was the OGL of 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, We cannot imagine what our world would be like in this industry if that hadn't happened because it was an enormous sea change. Now, ever since then, you know, Dungeons & Dragons, they were like, did we let the genie out of the bottle too much? Now, you can see some of that when they came out with 4th edition. Mm-hmm. Fourth edition had did not was not under OGL. It was under the GSL, the game system license. It was a very different license. It was much more restrictive. But because of how restrictive it was, it was a lot less popular. Now you can find GSL products. There are fourth edition GSL products. Amethyst comes to mind. It's a science fantasy setting. Very good, actually. I kind of recommend it. Um uh, but it just wasn't as popular. You know, just objectively speaking. Well, the GSL I, was not as popular as the OGL, and and just you know, I you go listen to the D and D episode if you want my like my historical viewpoint on why D and D four was probably not didn't do super hot. You know, may, well, maybe it also probably had a contributing factor to it just because of the. Well, you know, whatever you think about fourth edition D and D, objectively speaking, it you know, and maybe how much of that was historical trends, how much of that was the taste of gamers, mm-hmm. uh, how much of it was the world wasn't quite ready for X, Y, or Z. Uh, so, for instance, there are theories about why is gaming huge right now. Well, it used to be you had to have somebody who initiated you into it, and now you can watch YouTube and see what it actually looks like. Yep. And that means that pe- kids in small towns who can get a copy of a role-playing book off of an online store and then go on YouTube and see what it looks like can actually initiate themselves into role-playing instead of waiting for somebody's cousin from college to come visit. Auto-initiation. And, and then oh. they can they can get on Discord and like find an online game yes, and do it over that's Skype. That's what I do. There's so many options right now. and uh, But, of course, then we get to 5th edition. Mm-hmm. And we now we have the 5th edition OGL, which is its own version of restrictions from, you know, 3rd mm-hmm. edition and whatnot. But they knew they needed to loosen things up a little bit. But, you know, the DMs Guild offers play in our setting, mm-hmm. which other versions did not. You know, even with the how broad 3rd edition OGL was, you couldn't make a book starring Elminster uh, nope. where he nope. gives you your, your story hook. The DMs Guild allows that. You can yep. create in Forgotten Realms in Ravenloft um, and uh, maybe some other places eventually. <laughs> um, but we've added a number of programs since that time. Uh, we have Cypher, which is Monty Cook's system, mm-hmm. where uh, a couple of his settings are now at The Strange, which is really fantastic, uh, and Predation, the sort of post apoc dinosaurs <laughs> setting. Uh, you've got Miscatonic Repository, so, so, Seven Sea so Explorer Society. Ro- road raging velociraptors running down the road, trying to look well, for the oil. people are riding the dinosaurs. Uh, oh, oh, that's even uh, that is less exciting now. I no, was you're wrong. Leather clad dinosaurs. Absolutely wrong. Hyper intelligent dinosaurs. Nope. Dino riders way cooler. Uh, unless they're actually dino riders, which has the technology and everything on the dinos. I'll fight you. I okay. remember that show. Guys, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys. I had to derail it guys, somehow, guys. Well, it was a good 55 episodes, guys. So. <laughs> well, and we're done. And yep. that was it. Yep. That's what killed it. That's what killed it. <laughs> dino, <laughs> dino we had one actual disagreement on what's cool about riding dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So there's several uh, community content. Seven C Explorer Society, yep. of course, really fantastic. Uh, the uh, there's just a lot of these programs so that p- fans can make content, can put it out there. Everybody gets a gets a, a little bit of money. Fans get money. Oh, Storyteller's Vault. How could I fit yeah, yeah, Storyteller's yeah. Vault where you can make your own vampire content yeah, exactly. and literally every edition of Vampire. Yep. yep. And I Okay, so this is this is a little bit of a story/experience that I've had. 
So I'm on Discord, and I am part of something called the uh, Ordo Discordia, which is basically an FFG uh, Warhammer 40k Discord server. Um, because it was started by a guy who did did a website called Roll for Heresy, which was dealing with just all the FFG stuff. And he had it maintained it for a little while, which was basically a portal like that, where you put all your fan content, you'd index it, you could search for all of it, you could do that kind of thing. He, unfortunately, he fell on some hard times and he couldn't support it anymore. But we're all still part of the community. And that's where it like, makes me, this type of talk makes me want to go to him. And so you could probably do something like this, or at least talk to other people like drive through RPG or something for fans that support this specific genre or type of game. You know, a key um, a key thing with that is who is the original IP holder? Right. Who who actually owns the rights to say, you know, who gets to put Elminster in or the yeah. the Queen of uh The Queen of Pain? Uh well I was going well, that's the Lady of Pain Lady of you're Pain, thinking sorry. of I was saying the I was going to say the Queen of Avalon, which is a seventh C character. The Lady of Pain is in Planescape, which yep. is not currently allowed in DM scale. Uh, actually, interesting. Um, what? Oh, because I because that. Planescape. There are only two settings currently yeah. allowed: Forgotten Realms and Ravenloft. Mm. Yeah, Greyhawk, not mm. there. Interesting. Not there. Nope. Anyway, uh, but yeah, no. I Everybody has pro- their favorites. You'd probably <laughs> ha- you'd probably have to deal with something like uh, you'd probably have to get, you'd probably have to deal with Games Workshop on that. Well, actually, it would be USC Spiele. They currently hold the official rights for all of the old FFG. I mean, game line now. That's true, but you'd mm. also probably have to deal well, with Games Workshop as well. They would have to go through. Right. Games oh, those... I won't get into that, but it's... so speaking of Ulysses Spiele, they have their own community content. Yep. Torg Infiniverse. Yep, Infiniverse. I've I've looked through the Torg stuff. Woo, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's that's some involved stuff because that's that's some true multi-universe type of stuff that you've got to mm-hmm. be completely on board for because every your world can jump from one genre to another genre. That is that. Yeah, that that's always a uh, yeah where your GM has to be like super knowledgeable of this, of the system or just have a really good idea of what's going on and you know to you, make it all function. You say that, or you know you can but, just go off whatever you want, I suppose. But here's the thing about the way the physical parts of Torg make that work is first of all when you enter a cosm, there's a fold out standee print and you put it up on the table of. Here's how this universe you're in works. Here's four right. different stats right. that tells you which things are effective in this world and to lit- what degree. I have literally seen that. Hmm. Someone may have stolen that and used it in a different game recently. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, so that's a part of Torg. Uh, and... There are the deck of cards, which yep. you don't have to memorize all the cards. You just have to know. What they you just have to flip them as they come out, or yep. hand a few. De- and the the GM doesn't know necessarily what's in everyone's hand. Mm-hmm. So then, once you get past the fact that the physical bits are taking care of a lot of this, right? Then it's mostly knowing what character sheets do, which it- is t- about ten or fifteen skills and. Three of them are magic skills, but the magic skills are not like D&D magic where you have mm. 50 spells to track of. Like, a fairly advanced character has 10 spells to keep track of. Right. Actually, the physicality of Torg actually got me very interested because I always wanted to get a role-playing game with cards in it. Because I love I love Deadlands, and Deadlands right. definitely uses cards for a lot of its stuff. I, I but had also no that idea. idea of 
everyone holding hands and they all have different maneuvers in their hands and the GM doesn't know what everyone has. And so the GM has to play tact. If you want to, depending on how challenging you want to make mm-hmm. the encounter, they, depending how intelligent they're going to play their hand versus what the players are obviously going to do. Cards on the table. Yeah. I didn't know what Torg was until we were literally interviewing someone who (laughs) (laughs) brought it up. And I was on my phone as he was talking, like, what the fuck is he talking about? So one of the beauty things of of Torg in the Infiniverse is in the standard Torg continuity, there's like eight different universes invading uh, Earth, each with its own basically genre. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the Infiniverse, you can make up your own Cosm. You can say, well, instead of America being invaded by, like, Land of the Lost Dinosaur World. Now it's Dino Riders like you want, Matt. You could do that. You could do that in Infiniverse. Or you could just say, hey, uh, maybe America is being invaded um, by... Uh, say like a Wendigo plague, like uh, oh, you know, a, like Native that. American monsters, mm-hmm. or you could say maybe America's being invaded by the fantasy armies of Emperor Norton and his League of Fairies. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. You can make up your own thing to add to the to the Infiniverse. You can That's really cool customize shit. it with yeah, the Infiniverse. Torb's got some very interesting genres and perspectives on those genres, like mm-hmm. the techno, like the techno religion. That exists there. Yeah, the cyber, the cyber papacy, the cyber papacy. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting and oh. kind of sexy. And you might like their fantasy uh, setting, Isle, which is like England, and it's high fantasy and whatnot. Every time you roll a critical success, a twenty on that d twenty, one of your items becomes a magic item. Oh dear, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> well, Mister Pan. <laughs> Oh, now you, you, now you, you pen the legends of old. You, you can absolutely do that. Hey, I'm Mr. Pan. I talk to you now. Damn it! Yeah, part of part of the story of Tori is that you're basically trying to stop the potential end of the world because you're one of what uh, you're a storm watcher. I think. You're a storm knight. Storm so knight. Uh, so one of the things is the most precious resource in the multiverse is possibility, the ability to do or become something different. Torg is also known as the Possibility Wars. Mm-hmm. These other universes have become to our world because we are rich in possibility. We can become something else, something different. And they want to steal that from us. They want to steal the they future. They want to define it. The, they want, no, they want to take it from us. Well, okay. I didn't know you could literally take Yeah, they literally, like, you can get possibility crystals. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, so they want to take our world and literally... Take your future. Take your ability to decide what you're going to do with your fate and your future. Oh, no. Hard determinism. (laughs) Oh, the enemy of all. And so the job of Storm Knight is to fight back on that and to maintain the freedom of Earth to become what it wants to be. they're trying to achieve the Torg itself. Like, that's the end goal. So Torg is actually an in-game thing, but uh, fun trivia note, it was the in-house code name when they were developing it that stood for that other role-playing game. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. No, that makes that makes so much more sense. Yeah. I was like, why would you call it that? Like, like, why? Like, because Torg makes me think of like Conan the Barbarian. Like, I was thinking, uh, oh, it's just going to be this like sand and sor- I've just uh, been, sandals and sorcery. I've been playing Borderlands for so goddamn long, man. All I can think of expl- is explosions. <laughs> explosions. Explosions. I mean, a lot of those happen too. Yeah. I mean, good, good. and you don't look at them because you're walking away. I mean, you do if you're in standard Earth Cosm, because standard Earth, if you're one of the, the Storm Knights from standard Earth, you're an action hero. 
Like that's that's the default hero of standard Earth is action hero. Yeah, because that's your that's the genre you're in. Yeah, the the genre of Earth is action movies. Cool, <laughs> that makes. I'm sense. okay with that. Um, uh, we're running a little long in the tooth. Uh, does anyone have any last comments you want to make? Uh, also, don't don't forget, uh, we have patron only content coming up, and mm-hmm. Chris is going to be here for us, so uh, he'll we'll well, be able to gab some more. Were there any questions specifically about the uh, the tiki? No, unfortunately, just... no. There were no okay. questions about that specifically in okay. the chat. Fair uh, enough. But uh, don't worry, I'll have links to absolutely everything we've talked about. Pretty much everything. Were there any further queries on my weight? No, no more queries. Excellent. Uh, all I have to say is that the uh, the Trinity Kickstarter currently is like fifty bucks oh. away from its next stretch goal. Come on, remember, oh. if you haven't backed it, I don't love you anymore. I, I would like to add that I'll be making some convention appearances oh. in the near future. So this cool. coming weekend, I'll be at Kanuga. Uh, my LARP after the end is going to have a table there, but I'm also going to be speaking at a couple panels. Yay. One is how to get started publishing your RPG, and another is how to run a successful Kickstarter. Uh, or crowdfunding, I believe, is uh, the official. Uh, so I'll be there. Uh, I'll also be speaking on some panel. I won't have a table, but I'll be at AndoCon, uh, which is... So So Kanuga is February 23rd through 25th. So by the time you hear this on podcast, if you didn't watch this on Twitch, sorry you missed me. Um, but I'll be in AndoCon, which is on the north side of Atlanta, March 9th through 11th. And I'll be speaking at two different panels on that. One, getting started with role-playing, and also... 2017 hmm. RPGs a year in review. Actually, cool. I make uh, if I'm free that weekend, I may go up there. If it's if it's in if it's in Georgia. Yeah, it's on the north side of Atlanta. It's I, like, totally. um, I want to say it's uh, Peachtree Corners. Yeah, totally. I yeah. can probably yeah. if I'm free that oh, weekend, I may come by. Right around the corner from your job, Matt. You can just go out, go there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Go after work. It'll yeah, you're great. right. Um, yeah, I may come by and. Uh, all right, so now just wanted to throw that works. in up where people can find oh, me absolutely. at uh, some conventions. Uh, action, speaking of where can people find you, can anybody, people, can people find you on the internet? Yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Tang Writer. Okay, and, succinct, I like it. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Divis Molkev. At Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S. Uh, you can find the podcast at Polyhedron Cast on Twitter. If you have feedback, if you have questions for us, Chris, anything we've talked about so far, or if you just want to tell us we're doing a great job or not so great job, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. You can also, uh, if you really liked the show, uh, make sure to go wherever you're listening to this. If you can, review us. Uh, five-star reviews, they still sort of count. They still are part of the algorithm, though that's becoming less and less of a big thing, unfortunately. It has to do with downloads and all this other stuff. So, But tell your friends. At the very least, go tell friends so they can tell two friends that they can tell two friends. And download us. And download us. Because that's a, our... I do want to thank everyone. Our numbers are are increasing, and they're being very steady. I'm getting no like sudden drops in downloads. Like Every day, there's at least a couple people downloading old episodes, new episodes. doesn't matter. They're just engaging with the content, which I always like. Um, but... And if you really like the show and you really want to see us expand, you want us to get us conventions like uh, the ones that Chris has talked about, please go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Think about kicking us a buck. You'll be able to get uh, get the Discord connection. You get the uh, RSS feed link so that you can get all of our Patreon-only content. I promise you really, really soon we'll be doing Shadowrun, and then we'll release the Shadowrun Anarchy of us uh, actually playing that. 
so it will be a fantastic time with a lot more content coming your way. Plus, you'll get the normal patron-only content that we're going to do in the after show here in just a moment. And if you really, if you thought we were just just free, loose, free and loose bullshitting, woo! No. Patron-only oh, content. You're about to, about to experience patron-only content. Oh, and uh, the the uh, Aeon campaign that will be be starting soonish. Soonish, whenever we when, 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 whenever it happens. We got after, we got some stuff to work out on a, that after but. Shadowrun. Yeah. Uh, he wants my, to do it my, immediately. My my, my my engine is revving I, like a motherfucker. I'm, I'm I'm good, man. We can figure out a day. We can yeah. at the very least we can. We'll talk about it in the after show. How's yeah, that? Sure. So sure this thing. is you also get the you know freestyle and development. Ooh, and if you're in the chat, you the, get to talk to us. You can watch the sausage being made, but not sickening. Yeah. But so everyone from Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. <laughs>